Uh, but a couple of weeks ago, uh, a tree fell on my house. And so I, I got a picture I wanted to show you of that. If you can pull that up. Um, that's in our backyard. And so there was damage to our sunroom there, the, the part of our house that's lit up there on the back. And then also to the bedroom right above the sunroom is Milbury Ann's room, one, my daughter's room. And, a tr- and it went through her bedroom window and did some damage to the roof up there. And so fortunately, we weren't home at the time. Um, and as we've said many times this month, uh, it could have been a lot worse. Um, but shout out to the people of Kentucky Farm Bureau. They've been awesome. And uh, anyway, we've been dealing with that this month. Then two weeks ago, in a separate incident, a tree fell on my older daughter Bailey's car. Uh, so again, uh, it could have been a lot worse. Fortunately, it just did damage to the roof. It kind of caved the roof in there. Now, I've been told that this sort of thing happens in threes. And so I'm strictly staying indoors for the, for the next couple of days. Uh, I, and I, I'm actually just doing that because it's hot outside. But I share that information with you um, because it sets up my illustration that I want to share with you this morning. There's a story I want to tell to you this morning about my van. Story time this morning. So uh, I drive a Honda van, and it has about 250,000 miles on it. And I, I switched out the van with Bailey so that I could take her car and bring it up here and get some work done on her roof, and she took my van. Now, she's living in Nashville where she's doing an internship this summer, and last weekend on Friday, she drove from Nashville down to Memphis to meet some friends from Harding. And when she arrived in my van to Memphis, the van died. She was at a, at a red light, and it just stopped working. And so traffic's backing up. Uh, I'm on the phone with her. Triple A's being called. I have a cousin that lives in Memphis. We're talking to the cousin. And in the midst of all this, there's this man who shows up and knocks on the window and asks if he can help out. Well, Bailey calls this man her angel because he gets in the car and gets it started up. And then I guess he flew away. But then Bailey drives the car just a couple of miles to my cousin's house where it dies in their driveway. And she gets in the car with some friends to go off and have a great weekend. And my van is at my cousin's house, dead in their driveway. So that was Friday. Saturday morning, Karen and I, we get up and... We make an unexpected trip to Memphis. And I have two requests at the beginning of this trip. Number one, I just want to make it back to Lexington with my van. That's request number one. And number two, I want to be here at Southside on Sunday. So we're leaving Lexington, 8 o'clock Saturday morning, last Saturday morning. Those are my two requests. I want to get back with my van, and I want to be here. Now, we don't know what to expect with this van. I even take the title with me 
just in case we have to leave it there. We just don't know what we're going to find. And so we arrived to my cousin's house at 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. I get in it. I start it. It goes about 10 feet, and then it dies. Start it, about 10 feet, dies. Start it, 10 feet. You get the pattern there? I'm out. I make it out into the street in front of my cousin's house. I'm like, forget it. Let's just try to get it back into the driveway. So I get it back into the driveway. I put up the hood, right? And here's where the fun begins uh, because I've got a list of things that I can do that I know how to do under a hood of a car. First thing is make sure the battery's connected, all right? So I check and make sure the battery's connected. Then I check the oil. Oil was a little low, so I topped it off. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> that is all I got. And so here it is. You know, it's 4.30. I'm just out in front of my cousin's house staring at the engine under the hood of my van. I don't know what to do. So there's no repair shop open. And so we find on the phone a Valvoline instant oil change that's only about five miles away. And so in order, so I'm just not getting any RPMs in my van. So in order to make it, Karen's in the other car following me. In order to make it, I've got to have one foot on the brake, and then I've just got to be pushing my right foot like on the gas pedal all, almost all the way down just to have some RPMs. And so it's kind of like, and then I'm, I'm basically just letting off the brake, right? And we're going, and we make it five miles to this Valvoline oil change where it dies. We pull into the bay of Valvoline, and it dies. And it's there that I meet our Valvoline automotive repair technician. His name is Bingo. <laughs> Can't make this up. Bingo, there he is, standing there right next to me. Bingo opens the hood, looks at the situation, and in less than five minutes, he asks me to come around, and he shows me this part that goes from the air filter housing to the engine, and he calls it the throttle body intake valve. First time I'd ever heard that. There are holes in it. In fact, this valve's not even connected to the throttle body. It's just kind of deteriorated. He said, this is your problem. We don't have the part, but if you can find the part, I'll replace it for you. So it's now a little after 5 o'clock. Valvoline closes at 6. So we'd seen an advanced auto parts on our way, and so we go there. Well, they don't have the part. The guy there is super nice. He looks it up on the computer, and he says, look, you're only going to find this part at the dealer. And the dealer is probably going to have to order it. <sighs> well, are there any other auto parts stores? He goes, well, there's a Napa that way and an O'Reilly's that way. So we look up Napa. Napa's already closed. O'Reilly's open till 7. We get in the car. We take off to O'Reilly's. We get there. There's no one at the counter. There's one guy in the entire store, um, and he's stocking the shelves. He's got his AirPods in. Uh, we stand there for a minute. He finally notices us. He comes over to us. He never takes his AirPods out. Never, I don't remember him saying a word to us. I asked him about the part. I had a picture of it, and I knew what bingo called it. He looks the part up on his computer. He walks into the back of the stockroom, and he comes out 
with a throttle body intake valve for a 2010 Honda Odyssey in the box. It's $28. So we buy, we buy it. We head back. We pull into the Valvoline oil change about 545. My man Bingo pulls his buddy Piper out, and they spend an hour. They take an hour, take everything out, get this thing put in there, put it in there. And we take off about 8 o'clock our time. Well, the good news is we get the van back to Lexington. And not only do we get the van back to Lexington, but we make it back here in time to be here on Sunday morning last week. And not only that, but the van drives better than ever. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And these are our new best friends, Bingo and Piper. Now, I had two requests. I wanted to get my van back to Lexington, and I wanted to be here last Sunday morning. Let me ask you this question. Do either one of these happen if I don't know Bingo? It's not a rhetorical question. I told you my list. The answer is no. If I don't meet Bingo, I may still be standing there in my cousin's driveway staring at my engine. But I returned to Lexington with my van. We made it back here for Sunday morning for one reason and one reason only, and Bingo is his name-o. <laughs> All right, we'll come back to that in just a minute. Let's get to our text, Acts chapter 13. Our text this morning, um, we're finishing up our look at this sermon of, of Paul's here in Antioch, Pisidia. He's been proclaiming the gospel. We've looked at two other times at this sermon. He's been proclaiming the gospel at this synagogue here to a group of Jews and God-fearing Gentiles. It was a group that would have been very familiar with Scripture. And here's the thing. They knew the Scriptures They'd heard the stories, but they did not know Jesus as the Christ. They didn't know him as the Christ. And so as I explained two weeks ago, what, what Paul is doing here is he's helping to connect the dots for them. Look at what Paul says here in verses 20, 32 and 33. He says, we tell you the good news. Here's the gospel. And then he connects these three dots. He says, there's a promise made, there's a promise fulfilled, and there's a promised one. The good news is this. God made a promise to David that there would be a forever king. That's the good news. God made a promise to David that there would be a forever king. And this promise has been fulfilled. How? Through the resurrection. There is a promised one. His name is Jesus. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the forever king. This is the good news. Now, here's what I want you to see this morning. There's a big difference between the content of the gospel, what I'm calling the content of the gospel, and the benefits of the gospel. 
What is the gospel? We know the gospel is for all. We sang that this morning. But what is it? There's a difference between the content of the gospel and the benefits of the gospel. What we looked at two weeks ago, Paul connecting the dots here for us in verses 32 through 37, that's the content of the gospel. That's the content of the good news. If someone asked you, what is it? What is the gospel? This is it. Verses 32 through 37. That's the gospel. There was a promise made to David. The promise was fulfilled through the resurrection, and there is now a promised one who has ascended into the heavens. He tells us in Matthew 28 that all authority has been given to him. And he has ascended into heaven where he reigns as the forever king. Now, his name is Jesus. Jesus the Christ. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? Listen, today, right now, at this very moment, as you take your next breath, Jesus is enthroned at the right hand of the Father where he rules as the forever king. It's unbelievable, really. You know, especially in our day when no one trusts authority, And everyone questions the ability of all of our leaders. It's good news to proclaim into that context that there is a leader who's trustworthy. There is a leader who is faithful. There is a leader who is compassionate. There is a leader who is wise. His name is Jesus And his reign and his rule is available to you today. It's available to you today. That's the content of the gospel. That's the good news. That's incredible news. And here's the thing. You have to to know the content of the gospel in order to receive the benefits of the gospel. You have to know bingo in order to get your van home and be at Southside on Sunday morning. You have to know the content in order to receive the benefits. You have to know Jesus as your forever king because, here's why, You have to know Jesus as your forever king because it's the benefits of his rule and reign into your life that you will receive. It's the benefits of his reign. It's the benefits of his kingdom into your heart. And so if you don't know him as your forever king, what good are his benefits to you? So let's look at the benefits, because that's where Paul goes in this lesson. He has shared the content of the gospel, and then at verse 38 is that great word, therefore, right? It's that great transition word. It it connects 
And what that therefore does, it connects the content of the gospel in verses 32 through 37 with the benefits. So knowing the content, verse 32, therefore, here's the benefits. Verse 38 and 39. And so... this is just a great, great text, 38 and 39. You know, I, I, we read all the way through 52, but we're, we're just, we're just have time to look at 38 and 39 today. So here we go. But, uh, man, just what, I mean, we, these, these benefits of the gospel are just amazing. So because of the content, now, now that Jesus has become the promised forever king, where he has been exalted to his throne at the right hand of the Father. That's what Peter tells us in Acts 2.33. Therefore, he offers to us these benefits. They're They're the benefits of his rule and reign in our lives. When Jesus, our forever king, is reigning and ruling in our life, then we Benefit. We receive these benefits from him. Oh, man, and they're good. They're good. We're going to read verse 38 and 39 again and see if you can pick them out. There's two that I want to kind of focus in on this morning uh, with these benefits. Verse 38 and 39. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus... The forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is justified from everything you could not be justified from by the law of Moses. So so what are the benefits of the gospel according to these verses of Paul? There's two. One in 30, verse 38, and the other one in verse 39. What are the benefits? Forgiveness, justification. Forgiveness and justification. Now, I want to spend some time looking at these benefits because I think it's important for us to understand them better. So I want to point out three things from these two verses about the saving benefits of the gospel. Um, and, And my prayer is that these just encourage us and our understanding of these benefits that we receive uh, from knowing our king. First, I I, want to give to you an explanation of these benefits. I want to give you an explanation. Um, I learned a new term from Kevin. I learned all kinds of stuff from Kevin. Kevin's so wise um, the other day. Uh, But we were talking about health insurance, uh, and he asked me if I had read my EOB. And I was like, uh, and uh, he said, you know, your explanation, the explanation of your benefits. And I said, oh, the EOB. Well, I had no idea what he's talking about still, but, um, but that's what I want to do. I want to give a kind of an EOB here, an explanation of our benefits. Let me ask you this question. What's the difference between forgiveness and justification? What's the difference? That's kind of a, that's not a softball question this morning, right? That's kind of a, that's a fastball. Because some scholars 
here think that Paul is, is expressing the same truth in just two different ways. Um, both of these terms have to do with sin, so aren't they kind of the same thing? Well, yes and no, but I, I do think there's a difference. I do think there's an important difference. Now, I'm a pretty simple guy, and there have been volumes and volumes and volumes of books written about these benefits. So there's more to say about these than I have time to talk this morning. However, here is how I like to think about the difference between these two. Because they are similar in meaning, I like to put it this way. One is the forgiveness of sin, and the other is freedom from sin. One is forgiveness of sin. The other is freedom from sin. So forgiveness of sin and freedom from sin. And listen, we desperately need both. Think about that for a second. Forgiveness of sin and freedom from sin. We need both. Now, the first one, forgiveness of sin, I think we kind of get that one, all right? I, because it's amount of time, I'm just going to, I think we kind of get that one. We know what it means to forgive, right? We've been on both ends of that one. You've had to forgive someone else. Someone else has had to forgive you. We've been there. We've done that. We, at least we have some idea of the benefit of the forgiveness of sin. Like, we get that. We understand that. But the second one, justification, we don't, I don't think we understand it as well as we do forgiveness. And why am I choosing to summarize justification as freedom from sin? Well, the reason is quite simple. Uh, the word translated as justified in our Bibles can also be translated as freed. In fact, the version that was on the board up here and the version uh, that Dan read from translated it that way. Many translations, the newest NIV, the New American Standard, the ESV, and many others all translate this word as freed instead of justified. Verse 39 in the ESV reads, and by or through him, Everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed from by the law of Moses. So justification in a biblical sense means to be set free from sin. It means to be set free. You know, the canned definition that I like to give uh, about being justified is that it's just as if I'd never sinned. You've probably heard that. You've probably heard me say that. In order for me to be justified, never sinned, then I have to be set free from sin. Not only do I need to be forgiven, but I need to be set free from it. And this, listen, being set free, being justified, from sin, being made right is another way it can be translated. It's not just a one-time transaction. It doesn't happen at one moment in time. 
It's a lifelong transformation. Do you still sin? Of course you do. But don't lose hope because it's a process. It's a process. Again, there's so much that could be said about this, but thinking about it this way helps me. We, thinking about being set free from sin in three different ways really helps me, and I hope this helps you. Think about it like this. We have been set free from the penalty of sin. Jesus died on the cross to set us free from the penalty of sin. So we have been. That was a past event. The cross was a past event. And the the work of Christ on the cross has set us free from the penalty. He received the penalty that was due us. And so we have been set free from the penalty. We are being, currently, we are being set free from the power of sin. Well, that's what, something that we experience each and every day, amen? That's why Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. We've been given the Holy Spirit to be in, to be in connection with him and to be transformed and to be set free from the power of sin. And that's something that each and every day gets better. We feel a little more free each and every day through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're being set free from sin, from the power of sin. And we will be set free from the presence of sin. Jesus will return to judge. King Jesus is coming back to judge sin and to do away with the presence of sin forever. So, an explanation of the benefits of knowing Jesus as our king, as our forever king, is that these benefits of his rule and reign in our lives are the forgiveness of sins and the freedom from sin. Ah, what great benefits from having the rule and reign of Christ in our hearts. To know the forgiveness of sin and to experience being set free from sin, to experience freedom from sin. Those are just an explanation of our benefits. That's first. Second, I want to focus just quickly here on the extent of these benefits. What's the extent of them? Again, verses 38 and 39. Does the the fine print here have anything to say about the extent of these benefits? Because... Man, I, if I know anything, you got to read the fine print, right? Because these, these benefits sound too good to be true. So surely there's some fine print here um, that give us the real story. Most likely, these benefits are probably only good for like really good people. Probably these benefits are only cover kind of certain lesser sins. Surely, Right? If, if, I read the fine, if I read the fine print. But listen again to verse 39. Listen to, again to verse 39. So good. Through him, everyone who believes is justified from everything. I'm just going to stop there. 
Everyone who believes is freed from everything. Did you catch the fine print? Everyone who believes is freed from everything. Does everyone really mean everyone? Yes. You are never too far outside of God's reach. And does everything really mean everything? Yes. Oh, but you don't know what I've done. I don't care. Jesus doesn't care. Your sin does not scare him. Everyone who believes is freed from everything. Do you want to know the extent of these benefits? Everyone and everything. Well, surely that doesn't include me. That does include you. Listen, this phrase here is added in verse 38 for emphasis. It's added for you. If you've grown up thinking that it doesn't include you, that's surely not. You've done too much. You've sinned too great. If you think, no way, the good news, this gospel includes me, hear this. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. What a sweet little phrase. To you, singular. Proclaimed to you. Not me, yes. I'm not making it up. It is proclaimed to you. So it's just everyone, everything. That's the extent of these benefits. And then lastly, I want to talk about the enjoyment. We've had an explanation, had the extent. Let's talk about the enjoyment of these benefits, these unbelievable benefits of the gospel. How do we receive them so that we might enjoy them? The key here is a repeated phrase found in each one of these verses, in verses 38 and 39. In verse 38, it's through Jesus, and in verse 39, it's through him. Through Jesus, through him. Saving benefits of the gospel can only be attained through him. That's it. Forgiveness of sin and freedom from your sin can only be attained through him. It's repeated twice on purpose in these verses for emphasis. Neither one of these benefits can be attained through Moses or any other person. Neither one of these benefits can be attained through the law or any other means. You can only enjoy these benefits through him. When Karen and I got in our car last Saturday to head to Memphis, I had two requests. First, I wanted to be able to drive my car back to Lexington. Now, I had the title with me, but I, I didn't want to leave my van in Memphis. 
And I, I didn't want to have to tow it someplace. I didn't want to have to get work done on it there somewhere. I just wanted to be able to get it back to Lexington. And second, I wanted to be here. I wanted to be here Sunday morning. I know there's a lot to ask leaving here at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. But I wanted to be here. Now, Jeremy and Simon were preaching last week. They did a great job. I didn't have to be here to preach. But I had met with Mark and Debbie Van Dyke last week. And I told Mark that I'd be here for him. As he shared with us what he's going through and about their journey. And he, he, he wanted someone to come up here and stand next to him up here. And I told him that I would be here. And so I wanted to be here. That was important. And neither one of those happen if I don't know bingo. Neither one happens. If I don't break down in his bay, hand over my keys to him, and let him be in charge of my situation. Neither one. So here's the question I have for you this morning. Do you know Jesus as the Christ? Do you know Jesus as your forever king? Because that is the content of the gospel. Paul tells us in verse 39 that the benefits of the gospel are, those, are, for, it's, are for those who believe the content. The benefit of the gospel are for those who believe the content. Listen to me. The benefits are not just for those who believe that the benefits come from Jesus. That's not what he's saying. The benefits are not just for those that give mental assent that Jesus is the one who offers the benefits. The benefits are for those who believe that Jesus is the Christ. The benefits are for those who believe that Jesus is your forever king. That's the content of the gospel. This word believe can also be translated as trust, dependence, allegiance, and loyalty. And so the invitation to you this morning is this, believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Trust in his authority. Depend on his provision. Pledge your allegiance to him. Give your loyalty to him. Believe in Jesus as your forever king, and you will receive the benefits of his rule and reign in your life. Forgiveness of sin and freedom from sin. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this incredible message to us, both about the content of the good news, about how we now have a forever king. And Father, we're thankful to be able to just talk about these benefits that we receive from his rule and reign in our life. Why, why have a king? 
Why do we need a king? We're, you know, we like to be in charge of our lives. We like to kind of be in control of things. Why hand over the charge and, and control to someone else? Because of these great benefits of the gospel. And so, Jesus, we come to you this morning, and we bend our knee. And we ask in your name that you pour out through your Holy Spirit into the lives, our, our lives, into the lives of this church through us. Your great benefits, the forgiveness of sin, and freedom from sin. Lord, because we desperately need both. Desperately need both. So thank you. We praise you. Give you all the glory, King Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning, the invitation is for anyone here um, who doesn't know Jesus. You know, I'm, I talk about these great benefits of the gospel this morning, but again, if you don't know Jesus as the Christ, those benefits are not for you. I, I don't know how I don't know how else to say it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. If you don't know Jesus as as your forever King, you don't receive the benefits. And so we would love today for you to begin that journey with Him, for you to come and put your faith in Him, pledge your allegiance to Him, put Christ on in baptism, turn from being your own King. And make him yours. Come today as we stand together and sing. With my hope and strength upon, you're the one who calls me on. You are the life, you are the fight within my soul. Oh, your resurrection power burns like fire in my heart. When waters rise, 